Never again, Cole, am I ever going to pick my rivals ever again. I'm not even going to pick LSU's rivals. Owen, never again am I picking. You know what you need to do? You need to pick your rivals every week so that way they continue to lose. You know what? That would be great, wouldn't it? That That's a great idea. I thought about that this week as well. Is maybe I should just pick my rivals and maybe then they'll just continue to lose. There you go. Um, uh, uh, welcome in, everybody, to the Panther Pod. Um, we had a very exciting week, two of college football. I'm going to touch on all the games that we talked about uh, on the Wednesday show. We're also going to talk a little bit about some of the games that we did not cover uh, just because of notable stories. Um, if you want to, let's go ahead and jump right in. My name's Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spellnick. And you're listening to The Panther Pod. All right, Cole, so starting things off this week... Let's go to the AP poll. I hate it. I hate it so much. I truly hate it. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's so, so dumb. So dumb. So bad. It's not even that bad, though. The AP I, poll is so dumb. It's so terrible. It, you know why I'm saying this. Oh, I know why you're saying this. But look, This poll doesn't even matter. It doesn't like the. It, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter because the only poll that matters is the college football playoff um, poll, and we won't see that until like week eight, yeah, or week seven. In, in like beginning of November, I think is when we see it. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and start things off. I'll go with the. Do you want to do the first five? Either way, either way. I'll let it, you- it doesn't matter because. As soon as we get to the tenth spot, we're gonna take a little tangent. So, yeah. all right, I'll I'll go ahead and you can do the top five this week. Do the top five. All right, number one is Georgia two and zero after their victory against Ball State, uh, forty five to three. Number two is Michigan after their win against UNLV thirty five seven. Number three is Florida State. They do not have their most recent victory here, so I will not be saying. Um, the victory that is in front of me. <laughs> Number four is Texas after they beat Alabama 34-24. Owen, horns, horns down. down. Uh, and number five is USC after they beat Nevada Western 66-14. No, just Nevada. No, it's Nevada Western. I thought it was That's Nevada Western. That's a dub, Cole. That's, oh, excuse me. Yes. Let me just talk about young... Fumble! Western. Again, already... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number six is Ohio State after beating Youngstown State. Number seven is Penn State after beating Delaware. Uh, number eight is Washington after the win over Tulsa. And then Notre Dame checks in at number nine after the win over NC State in that delay rainy game out in Raleigh. And then rounding out the top ten after their loss to the Longhorns on Saturday night. Their loss. Their loss. Their loss to the Longhorns. They did. Here's the thing, though. They did drop. Seven spots. Okay. Yeah, but they're still in the top ten. They they were the number three team, and they lost to the number seven team. They dropped seven spots. Everybody, number ten, Alabama. Here's what I'll say about that. Right, LSU was five. We dropped nine after we lost to Florida State. Alabama and Texas, Notre Dame to Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, any of these big market teams, as soon as you have a loss on your record, you should be treated the exact same as everyone else. But they're not. 
but they're not. But they are not. Uh, Number 11 is Tennessee. Uh, They dropped two spots after their win against Austin P 30 to 13. Number 12 is Utah. After a Um, controversial win. I saw that. Um, Controversial win against Baylor, 20 to 13. Number 13 is Oregon after their win against Texas Tech. Oh, excuse me. 14 is the LSU Tigers um, after we demolish Grambling. Uh, A little bit more on that later. Number 15 is K-State after their dub against Troy. Um, Number 16 out of the pack two is Oregon State uh, after their win over San – I'm sorry, not San Jose State. That is not their most recent win. Um, and then they've got, and then we got number seventeen, Ole Miss, after they beat up on little old Tulane there this past week. Checking in at number eighteen, go Buff, go Buff. The Colorado Buffaloes check in after beating hated hated rival Nebraska thirty six to fourteen. Number nineteen is Oklahoma after their win over SMU twenty eight to eleven. And then rounding out the top twenty is UNC. With their double overtime win against Appalachian State. Yeah, that's that's one of those fair ones that you deserve to fall yeah. after yeah. that one. Yep. Uh, 21 is Duke after their win against Lafayette, 42-7. to uh, 22 is Miami after their win over Texas A&M. 23, Washington State over their win on Colorado State. They beat Nebraska, number 19, Nebraska. This is – I don't so understand. I'm seeing – I know they're, they're, they're picking and choosing which they're picking and choosing which yeah, games I, to put I in here. Yeah, I apologize. No, you're fine. They but they beat up on number 19 Wisconsin at, uh, in Washington at Washington. Gotcha. State. My bad. No, you're good. Uh, 24 is UCLA and 25 is Iowa. Yep. Uh, some notable teams who did not make it into the top 25, the first one being Clemson, mm-hmm. gets 80, receives 86 votes uh, after they struggled that first half with Charleston Southern. All right, an FCS mm. opponent. At one point in time, they were losing to Charleston Southern. Um, next up is Arkansas. They get 33 votes. T- TCU gets 19. Kansas gets 19. Tulane receives 17. Wisconsin receives 10. Kentucky, 5. Mississippi State, 5. Minnesota, 3. Cincinnati, 3. Fresno State, 2. And then Wyoming, Oklahoma State, Maryland, and JMU. Roll Dukes. Roll Dukes. They all receive one vote all right cool moving on we picked some pretty good games this week and we picked some not so great games i think as well some more blowout wins starting off with this first game uh the the fighting irish of notre dame take down the wolf pack in raleigh 45 to 24 this game was on delay for a long time mm-hmm. massive storm rolling through the northeast delayed several games um, affected the Tech game, affected the JMU-UVA game, affected the West Virginia game. Several several games got put on delay for a little while. Um, but looking at this game here, uh, Sam Hartman going absolutely nuts. 15 for 24, 286 yards, and four touchdowns. Yeah, I feel like with this one, Sam Hartman kind of solidifies uh, any doubt that anybody had over him. Uh, with the transfer from NC State to Notre Dame, though I don't think there was that much doubt in the first place. Um, I also think that he fully enters into Heisman consideration at this point. Yeah. Um, And then just turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Uh, Brennan Armstrong does not look like the Brennan Armstrong we saw a couple years ago at UVA and throws three picks 
for the Wolf Pack right there. I mean, that's one stat. Again, again, we've talked about that. That's one stat that you just go, yeah, throw three interceptions. More likely, you're not winning the game. You're not winning the game with that one. Looking uh, at team stats a little bit here, uh, first downs, Notre Dame had 16 uh, versus NC State Wolfpack, 20. Uh, total yardage, Notre Dame had 456 to NC State's 344. Uh, majority of that coming through the air, but Notre Dame still won the rushing battle, 170 to 84. Penalties, uh, Notre Dame lost, which normally that concludes with a loss on the game as well. Uh, Notre Dame had 10 for 82. Kind of an ugly game, but they still came out with a W. Uh, I think this right here just um, – I think the weather delay, giving Marcus Freeman time to prep, giving uh, Notre Dame just time to prep, I think a little bit. Honestly, I think mentally Notre Dame seemed to seem to weather the storm, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, no pun intended, but fully pun intended. I full, got you. Yeah, um, Notre Dame just outclassed, outprepared, outcoached NC State in this one in all facets of the game, minus the penalties. Um, it wasn't a clean game either way. Uh, like I said, in, NC State had three turnovers. Notre Dame did lose a fumble. Notre Dame was less. Um, Clean, I guess, is the way yeah. you do. There's a lot of laundry on the field. Uh, like you said, 10 penalties for 82 yards. NC State, not so great either. Eight penalties for 54 yards. So not great for either team there on that side. But honestly, I think Notre Dame, this is uh, – Notre Dame just came in there, took care of business, and left. That's it'll, all it was. It'll be interesting to see where NC State goes after this. Because on the season, you're one and one. So is this a year where you decide – which I, I don't think they're going to make any rash decisions and pull Brennan Armstrong week three. Um, but could this be where, hey, you know, you're not getting the job done for us. We want to compete. Let's go younger. Let's get some of these freshmen and sophomores playing experience because we all know that you can be as touted as you want to as a five-star prospect, first-round talent, and then as soon as you hit the field, you don't do anything. Yeah, I think I, I think personally for Brandon Armstrong, I think it was just the weather. I think I yeah, think it's absolutely. just a, that was just a freak thing. I, I think without the weather, NC State puts up a little bit better of a fight. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it was a weather. I think that one can be blamed on the weather. Um, next week they've got VMI. That should be a penciled in win mm-hmm. for the Wolfpack, and then they go to Charlottesville a week later on September twenty second. Um, Brandon Armstrong's returning. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Armstrong's returning to UVA. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, goes down. Next up, um, Nebraska dropping a game to the Buff, to Deion Sanders' Buff. And not a great game by the Buff either. They, no, they, they did struggled. Not play. They did struggle, especially in that first half. They did not play like the Buff that we saw last week against TCU. Uh, Deion Sanders was not, Coach Sanders was not, Incredibly pleased about it, but he wasn't pleased. He was pleased that they got the win. Said that uh, in his post game press conference, said, "Hey, there are a few things that we're going to work on in practice this week." Um, they just—I uh, I don't know if I'd say they came out flat to play, uh, but I think they just—I think they got pumped up a lot, and that's mm-hmm. quite understandable. 
Yeah, um, you're in the process of turning around a dead program, and you know the eyes of the entire nation are on you. Yeah, and you know, I, I think even if you're even if you are Deion Sanders, it's hard to keep these kids' emotions in check. Absolutely, it's it's hard to keep these stu- these student athletes their emotions in check. That being said, Colorado still came out uh, with a thirteen nothing lead going into half. So Colorado also was a three and a half point favorite in this game, mm-hmm. and ends up beating Nebraska thirty six to fourteen. Uh, Shador Sanders, bad. Okay, here's here's the thing. We say that Colorado had a bad day, that they didn't play like they did last week. Shador Sanders, even even then, still put up three hundred or thirty one for forty two, three hundred and ninety three yards passing and two touchdowns. Yeah, no. Against TCU, he broke school records. Like, I, no matter how good of a quarterback you are, this isn't NCAA for, uh, football. This isn't a video game. You can't throw – well, you can throw for 500 yards in a game routinely, but at the end of the day, you're going to come across teams that you're not going to be able to throw for 500 yards. And we saw Colorado had a little bit of adversity against the Cornhuskers, but they still got the job done, still came away with a win. Um, looking at team stats a little bit here. Uh, excuse me again. Uh, Colorado had 468 total yards to Nebraska's 341. Colorado's defense forcing four turnovers on the day. Uh, Colorado did lose one fumble. Um, I think that happened, I want to say, midway through the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, No, it was was a hell of a game uh, from Colorado. Uh, Nebraska did win the rushing battle, 222 yards rushing to Colorado's 52. But Colorado made uh, more than made up for it, 396 passing yards to Nebraska's 119. Colorado also posted nine yards per pass, um, which is very, very impressive. It means you're taking a lot of shots deep. Colorado, uh, although, and this is something that Dion touched on, was the fact that they were not clean. Uh, pin, uh, they they were not clean with or uh, oh, gosh uh, penalties penalties. Uh, gosh, what's the word of my thing? It's on the tip of my tongue. They were not as um, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Jay's uh, back in the studio, Jay, y'all. Yes, Jay. Big, uh, big clap for Jay. Oh, back uh, this, oh, we're getting uh, simmer down. Simmer down. Wow, okay. wow. Um, they were not as uh, disciplined. That's the word I'm yeah. thinking of. They weren't as disciplined the, uh, this week. Getting nine penalties for 80 yards, rough, uh, yeah. real rough. It looks similar to that Notre Dame stat: ten for 82. Um, and and now in Colorado, Colorado, Nebraska was also not great. Six penalties for forty yards. Yeah, but you had half the penalty yardage as Colorado did. It's still inexcusable to have those, but yeah. you know. And uh, Nebraska just looked flat. They looked dead. They did not come uh, come ready to play. Their defense looked okay, but it didn't look like what we expect out of Nebraska and Matt Rule. Um, we talked about it a little bit, Matt Rule. I I am concerned, but not necessarily. I figured Matt Rule I'd have a little bit more of a turnaround, a little bit better under I'd, – I'd be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better with, uh, with Matt Rule as my head coach. For me, personally, I would not thought you would have started out the season 0-2 with Matt Rule. I figured it'd, it'd be at least 1-1. But – 
to play devil's advocate and in favor of Matt Rule, he did start out 0-2, but he started out 0-2 on the road. Yeah. He hasn't been home yet. That's a surefire way to get the crowd behind you and um, save this season, really. Yeah. Uh, next week, they take on Northern Illinois at home. Then they bring in La Tech. Eat um, two easy wins before they take Michigan in the big house, which I hate saying about La Tech. No, Michigan but. comes to Nebraska, so that's going to be a big game for the Cornhuskers as uh, uh, as Michigan comes on in. So for four, for three straight weeks after this, they are at home, which is nice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. But – Let's see how it turns out. Absolutely. Um, makes me nervous for that Michigan game. Uh, Jeff Sims has not played great whatsoever. No. Uh, they, he's 9 for 15, 106 yards, and, a, and an interception last week. All right, yesterday. Not great. Not impressed uh, with his play. I figured we'd get a little bit more out of him. He didn't seem terrible when he was at uh, – he didn't seem – he didn't look terrible when he was at Georgia Tech. But who knows? Um a little bit more pressure. I think, too, just kind of seeing some of those growing pains with Matt Rule. New coaching staff, new head coach, kind of putting a team together. Obviously, Dion has had a little bit better time with that. But I think we're still seeing, like, old school versus new school. I, I, I heard Joel Klatt talk about this. If we've seen two different philosophy here, two different philosophies going on with these programs, Dion is actively using the transfer portal. And – Building up what is he building up something? Uh, he's still building from the ground up. He threw it all. He threw everything out. That one eleven team. Everybody went out, and he brought everybody in, either through transfers or through. Uh, I wouldn't even say recruiting, but most, but all through transfers. And you know what? I think that's fine. You are doing it with you. You are. You can't be mad at Dion. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. He yeah. is just using the rules that are given to him, and he's Absolutely. Dion Sanders. There's not going to be other than Nick Saban. There is nobody else that's going to be able to do what Dion did. No. Okay. And I think I think people have to realize that too. Is the nobody. only other coach that I would throw into that um, for consideration would be uh, like Jim Harbaugh. Jim that Harbaugh. Would be about the only Kirby one. Smart, maybe. Um, and even then, that's if you want to play for a current winning team, exactly. not anything exactly. that Dion's trying to pitch. Exactly. You. So it's it's two completely and totally different ball games. It is. Um, but Nebraska just looks flat offensively. Defensively, they look okay. They look flat offensively. One thing that I will say: uh, Jeff Sims has thrown for four interceptions on the season so far, only one touchdown. There might be a change coming. There yeah. might be a change coming. We'll see how he does this week against Northern Illinois. I think this would be a perfect kind of tune-up game for them. Now, Nor- Northern Illinois is not a pushover in the MAC, so they can't. They're a team that can come up and bite you. And we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, but if Jeff Sims continues to play like this, expect a change at quarterback for the Cornhuskers. Oh, easily. Uh, moving on to our next game, another delayed game, and this yeah. one happened Never very locally. Never my rivals again. <laughs> Never doing it. Why would I have done it? My dad even told me. I was talking to him today in the car. And I was going, I'm never picking my rivals again. He goes, why? What happened? I was like, I picked Tech to win. I picked Pitt to win. And I picked Alabama to win. And you know what he was most appalled by? He goes, you picked Pitt? Uh. You picked Pitt? I was like, I know. I know. He goes, but they were playing Cincinnati. I was like, here's here's why I picked Pitt. Cincinnati, to me, under a new head coach, Scott, you know, like Luke Fickle was doing really well over there. He leaves. I just figured it'd be kind of more of a growing pain. 
and then they came out and absolutely we'll talk about them later. Never mind. Never You're mind. fine. Never mind. We'll You're talk good. about them later. Um for the game that we were going into, uh Purdue Boilermakers uh coming out and beating the Chokies twenty four to seventeen. Uh Hudson's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Owen, Owen, are you all right? Are you all right? Oh, 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 you're ju- choking. Call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. But not for the Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue wins 24-17. Hudson Card looks good. Not throwing any touchdowns, but not throwing any interceptions. Uh, 23 for 34, 248 yards passing. Uh, Maccabi for Purdue, 21 carries, 95 yards, one touchdown. And then Claire for the Boilermakers, eight receptions for 64 yards. Yep. Um, the longest first quarter in college football history. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game kicked off at noon. The second quarter did not start until 7.30 p.m. Mm. That's how long it was delayed. So, uh, for the Hokies, it was it was a rough day for them, both on and off the field. Uh, they also could not weather the storm, both literally and figuratively. Uh, Grant Wells didn't look terrible. But also didn't look great, all right? 16 yeah. for 33, 243 yards. Did get two touchdowns, but threw two interceptions as well. It does not bode well when you can look at a team's uh, individual stats and already make a guess as to what the team stats were. Thomas, for the uh, Chokies, only having 18 yards and being the team's leading rusher. Ugh, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah, and then, and then looking at that, and Tech only gets 11 yards for the entire team rushing. Yeah, um, that's that's pitiful. Rough day at the office uh, for Virginia Tech. They were a little bit more disciplined. Three penalties for only 25 yards, so not terrible. Um, they did not control the pace of the game, all right? Only had the ball for a little over 20 minutes. Uh, Purdue had the ball for 38 minutes, okay? Their T.O.P., uh, their top, if you will. <laughs> Their top, okay. Their All top, right. if you will. Their time of possession. Uh, they they held the ball for 38 minutes during the entire game. So what I will say is this was a lot closer of a game than 24-17 uh, shows. Yeah. Purdue didn't score that final touchdown to put the nail in the coffin until the fourth quarter. Um, Tech's defense played great coming out of the gates at halftime. Um, but we'll see. Uh, tax one and one on the season. Purdue's one and one on the season. Still a little early as far as you know, seeing where. Um, no, just kidding. This is Virginia Tech. What am I saying? No, Tech season is dead. They need to start rebuilding. <laughs> this is uh, done. It's next, dead. Next week, Tech takes on Rutgers, and then they go to they go to Rutgers, and then they go to Marshall, and then their next home game will not be will not be until Pitt. Uh, in, uh, in on September 30th. Purdue welcomes in Syracuse, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Uh, so look for their schedule to uh, get significantly harder coming out of this game. Yep. Uh, all right, moving on. Cole, I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous about this game. Oh, no, I was too. For a little bit. Roll Dukes, roll. Roll Dukes, roll. Go Dukes! Go Dukes! Um. JMU beats out the Cavaliers 36-35. Poor Just messy man. Poor poor messy. The pain, the pain and the suffering of a of a UVA fan. Um, but JMU got off to a hot start after re- after recovering a punt for a touchdown. 
um, and then also recovering a fumble for a touchdown as well. Just absolute domination on the defensive side for JMU. Got off to that hard start, but it was not until the second half that the offense finally was doing some was was really getting started. Um, if it wasn't for that. Uh, UVA had 28 points unanswered going into the third quarter, or going into the, or after, at the end of the third quarter, had 28 points unanswered, and um, it was it was going it was looking like a rough time for the Dukes that they may actually lose this one. And UVA was going to win, and um, then JMU scores 19 unanswered to seal the victory. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, concerns for JMU, their quarterback mm-hmm. does not have the arm. I don't think to keep up. There were a lot of passes that were underthrown, not off target, just underthrown. Um, and that being it, said, McLeod still went twenty for thirty-one. Yeah, like, but it was a lot more uh, intermediate to short passes that he was doing. It, he he could bomb it down the field if he wanted to, but you could just tell it was taking everything in him mm-hmm. to throw that football. Um, looking at individual stats here, uh, McLeod went 20 for 31 as I touched on, 224 yards passing, uh, one touchdown for the Dukes. Uh, Calandria? Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Calandria uh, for the Cavs went 20 for 26, 377 yards through the air, two touchdowns, one interception. So good quarterback play coming out of uh, UVA's locker room there. Yeah. Uh, looking at their rushing attack, uh, Tyson Lawton for JMU had eight carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Mike Hollins for the Cavs, uh, 12 carries, 28 yards rushing, two touchdowns. And Kobe Pace had six carries for nine yards and a touchdown. Um, UVA's offensive line looked better this week, but still was a little rough. They only allowed um, – UVA only allowed – 31, um, uh, 11, all right, excuse me, 18 rushing yards in total. Uh, but they gave up, however, uh, three sacks. Both teams had exactly 395 yards of total offense. Um, JMU had 18 first downs versus UVA 16. Uh, passing the ball, UVA got it down through the air, 377 to JMU's 228. However, rushing the ball, JMU had 167 yards, and UVA had 18. Yeah. Uh, that defensive line, again, for UVA didn't look great. Um, they looked good. Uh, they looked – offensive line struggled massively last week against Tennessee. But, again, it was Tennessee. Um, and I think they did struggle a little bit again this this week. However, uh, quarterback for UVA Calandria had a little bit more uh, was a little bit more protected in the pocket. Mm-hmm. They look, didn't look as bad, but that defensive line had its struggles this week. Uh, couldn't stop the run for the Dukes. Couldn't stop the pass uh, a ton. Even though UVA was able to throw the ball around a lot of little uh, a lot more than JMU. I will say Calandria did have two fumbles that he lost. Um, but he was able to recover, so they're not on the stat. Uh, he did throw that one interception. So very fortunate that this was as close a game for the Cavs. Luck definitely uh, had a little bit of stuff to do with it that they were able to recover those fumbles. Yep, yep. So, uh, But, yeah, good win for the Dukes. Uh, they roll on. Let's see who they play in the upcoming weeks. Uh, next week they take on Troy, so that's going to be a big test for them. They go to Troy. Uh, then they take on Utah State, and then they 
in their next home game, they bring in South Alabama. Uh, after starting the season 0-2 um, with a heartbreaking loss against Tennessee and an e- arguably even more heartbreaking loss to JMU, UVA travels to Maryland to try and right the ship, and then they uh, host NC State at home before going to Boston College and then back home for William & Mary. Yep. Moving on, this was a sad one, Cole. Uh, they got oh, off to a they got off to a hot start. They really did. Going into halftime, I was like, I think I texted you a few times yeah. during this game. I was like, man, I really think Tulane's going to pull it off. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Uh, crushed my dreams. Tulane uh, loses the Green Wave. Loses to Ole Miss. At number the real tide. Uh, the real roll tide. Yes. Yes. Um, Kai Horton did an accept did a de- halfway decent job in the first half with Michael Pratt being out of the game. Uh, big storyline heading into this game. Uh, however, for fifteen for thirty seven, two hundred thirty one yards, did get a touchdown. Also had an interception as well. Didn't play terrible, but didn't play great. Played good did enough. not play on the level of Jackson Dart at all, though. No. Uh, Jackson Dart seventeen for twenty seven, two hundred sixty seven yards through the air, two touchdowns, one interception. However. Tulane can play with the big boys. Oh, all yeah. right. We saw that when they shut down uh, Quinjon Judkins. Yes. Uh, uh, Tulane going into halftime, it was a 17 to 10 lead. All right. They come out hot. They score again in the third quarter and makes it, uh, they make it again a 24 10. They make it 24 10. And then fourth quarter rolls around and Ole Miss just goes on a tear. Scoring 20 points. Scored 20 points in the fourth compared to two lanes, three. Mm. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. They did not. Tulane did not score in the uh, in the third quarter. That was Ole Miss who scored in the third quarter, making it 37 to 20. Ole Miss doesn't get a touchdown and it doesn't get in the end zone for the rest of the game, and just Ole Miss went hog wild. Oh, ballistic! Hog wild in the second half. Uh, one thing that is a little interesting about the Rebs this game, um, one for 13 on third down, three for three on fourth. Tulane didn't really do a whole lot better, nine for 22 versus two for five on fourth. Both teams had right at 350 total yards for the game. Um, both teams also had right at 250 passing yards for the game. Rushing yards, Tulane very narrowly edged out Ole Miss, 111-89. Ole Miss did have five penalties for 51 yards versus Tulane's two penalties for 10. And Tulane controlled the ball uh, a majority of the game, 34 minutes, 45 seconds versus Ole Miss, 25-15. Tulane did have two turnovers, which sparked the 20-point route in the fourth quarter. Um, however, both teams had 18 first downs, and the yardage was the same. So Ole Miss was able to recover the ball late in the game and get to the end zone to seal the deal. I think for this one, too, this was just simply get out talented. Yep. I think Tulane came out great. Willie Fritz had these guys ready to play, and honestly, it just comes down to I think just pure raw talent. And I'm not yeah. saying Tulane doesn't have a talented team. No, they do. I, I hear you. But this, Ole Miss has that SEC logo to them. That does mean something when it comes to recruiting. 
And I think they're they just get out talented a little bit, especially with Jackson Dart on the uh, taking taking snaps under center. I think this game for the Rebs, they initially scheduled this to be kind of a tune-up game, like what uh, West Virginia and LSU had this week. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, but no, Tulane came out guns hot and took a lead into halftime and held that lead for a majority of the game. Um, they yeah. tied them up in the third and then uh, just couldn't close it out. Um, you hate to see it for the green wave, but I don't see a reason why they can't bounce back and win next week. Oh yeah. Um, Tulane uh, next week goes to Southern Miss and then they take on uh, Nichols and UAB at home. So it should be, uh, yeah, I don't see a reason why they can't win their next three. Next weekend, Ole Miss returns to Oxford to take on the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech, and then they travel to Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide. Ooh, which was a thriller last year. Was a thriller, but yeah, no, ugh, that's uh, they've got they've got, and and Georgia Tech doesn't look to be terrible this year. So there's that. Uh, Moving on to the next game. The one that I shall rant about why I never (laughs) am going to pick my rivals ever again. Dude, I even picked Sensi. Come on now. I like I told you, I wanted to keep the continuity going, okay? I I believed that Cincinnati would not be that good of a team just with a new head coach, growing pains, the first year woes, all that fun stuff. Boy was I wrong. Cincinnati dog walked. Dog walk the Pitt Panthers, okay? We see who the real felines were. Yeah, no, 27 this, – this goes back to um, the UVA game where 27-21 does not give this game any kind of justice. Pitt scored 14 unanswered in the fourth to make it that close. This game was 27-7. to Going into the fourth. Yeah, no. Cincinnati dog walked Pitt. Yes, uh, it was a beautiful sight to see, by the way. Loved that. Cincinnati walks home with the Paddle Wheel Trophy uh, against the Pitt Panthers. They they are now 1-1 one one on the season. Cincinnati starting off strong in Power 5. You know something? Yesterday, um, when I was on the way to Taco Fest in Roanoke, um, I blasted Sweet Caroline. Thank you. The entire time. Thank you. So, Did you also? Yes. I, nice. I feel. I, the dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Nice. I, I did the other version. Um, uh, another rant as well. Do you, would you like to know what college game day is going to be next week, Cole? Oh, God, where? It's going to be Colorado versus Colorado, Colorado State. Mm. Why is it not? Why is it not in Morgantown? It should be. For the backyard brawl. Okay, that's maybe just because it was there last year. It wasn't – well, that's true. That's true. It was there last year for uh, in Pittsburgh, but – It wasn't in Morgantown, yeah, but – It was – it covered the game. Yeah. It covered the game. Maybe. Anyways. Um, but as an LSU fan, I, I hear you. Because it, I hear you, I see you. It never feels like uh, the game day cast comes to Baton Rouge. Yeah, so yeah. I I and feel your great atmospheres for yeah. both towns. Anyways, Emory Jones uh, absolutely went off eighteen for twenty six, only one hundred twenty five yards passing. However, two touchdowns and an interception. Corey Kiner though, twenty carries for one hundred and fifty three yards and a touchdown for the Bearcats. 
Phil Dracovic. Not great, but he did get three touchdowns, okay? Ten for 32. So the completion percentage is not there. Not there no. whatsoever. However, when he did hit him, 179 yards, three touchdowns, okay? Uh, not great on the ground for Sebo Flimster. Uh, six, only six carries for 38 <laughs> yards. That is for sure going to be uh, – y- no. Yeah, no. Never mind. Yeah. No, um, I, no I hear you. That's a, That was an interesting interesting name. Uh Cincinnati again, absolutely, absolutely dog walked Pitt. Cincinnati absolutely dog walked Pitt in this game. Sorry, we are having so many. Cole is just. I'm sorry. C-Bo I'm I'm done now. Sebo J J J. Since you're since you're in the booth, let me show you how this guy's name is spelled. C. It is literally Sebo Flimster. I, and we're not trying to – I'm sure Steve Flemster is an amazing human being. At, he did some work, six carries for 38 yards. But come on. Yeah. I, you got to prepare a guy for a name like Sebo. That's – Who man. That's C-Bo rough. Sebo Flemster. Interesting. All right. Um, going into team stats here um, – Cincinnati had 371 total yards on the game. Pitt had 262. Uh, Pitt won the passing battle, 179 to 155. However, Cincinnati dominated them on the ground, 216 to 83. Uh, Looking at time of possession, you can clearly see that Cincinnati won the rushing battle, 34-43, 225-07. Both teams did have a turnover. Um, that one interception that Emory Jones threw, and then uh, Pitt lost a fumble on a rushing attempt. Yeah. Um, penalties. <laughs> Cincinnati had seven for 90 yards. Pitt, five for 35. Yeah. So we got to work out the discipline issues there for Cincinnati. Um, but one thing, I like, never at any point did Pitt have control of this game. It one, was Cincinnati and the Bear, it was the Bearcats the whole way. Never did Pitt have control. One thing I did see that was a little interesting, uh, Pitt's attendance number was only, yeah, 72% versus normally, you know, their... 25%. Well. Yeah. Well, again, it's a rivalry game for the Pitt, for for, for Pitt. So that is, you know, there's that. But, yeah, no. 68,000 in attendance either way. Um and, you know, it's not an SEC school, but... Hmm. Yeah, but they do play in Heinz Field, so I referred to, I, re, I refuse to call it um, whatever it's called, an Ackershire Stadium. Yeah, I refuse. Yeah, still that's, that's stupid. It's, yeah, it's Heinz Field. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, no, attendance up a little bit. I'm sure that'll drop by the next by the next home game. Uh, it'll be You're up such for the, a hater. For their, yeah, I, You're such a hater, dude. Why shouldn't I be? Why shouldn't I be? Fair. I, I'm I'm literally about to do the exact same I'm thing. I'm sure their attendance will be back down next home game. Let's see, who do they have next home game? I know who they have next game, and their attendance is going to be way up. Oh, look at that, the backyard brawl. Um, yes. <laughs> Mylon Puskar is going to be rocking. We are going to be overflowed for Pitt. For the first time in over 10 years, the Pitt Panthers come back into Morgantown. If right. West Virginia wins that game, Morgantown is going to riot. Yes. It's go- we're going to bri- hey, we're gonna riot either way. Okay? Yeah. It's going to be either a celebratory riot or not. 
It's either we're we're riding in celebration or we're looking for Neil Brown. Yes, yes. Um, and then the next home game is UNC. Uh, Pitt welcomes in UNC, so I'm sure they'll get dog walking that one just as well. Looking at since they'll really schedule. taste that. They're going to taste that Tar Heel real nice. <laughs> Looking at Cincinnati's schedule, um, they have two back-to-back home games, uh, Miami, Ohio, mm-hmm. and then Oklahoma. Ooh. Ooh. And then they go to BYU, and then they host Iowa State. Yep. So, so Miami, rough I mean, not Miami. Cincinnati is shaping up to be a much better team than I thought. It's making me a little nervous. 2-0 on the season. 2-0 on the season. But we'll, we'll see. Again, first year in Power 5. Um, it may be. I'm not saying these guys are not prepared for it, but I think I don't. I think the beating and the abuse that you take at the Power Five level, they may not be used to that from a Group of Five standpoint. Hey, Owen. Yeah. You know who else is two and zero on the season? Uh, <sighs> it's rough to talk about, but because and only because they beat Bama, Owen. The Texas Longhorns are 2-0 on the season. Everybody's saying horns down. down. I watched this game fully. Yeah. I had LSU Grambling on um, in the little picture-in-picture thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I watched this game fully. Uh Quinn Ewers has such an air about him. When he throws the football, he just looks so calm he in does. the pocket. He does. Um, the Texas Longhorns beat the Crimson Tide, the Alabama Crimson Tide, thirty-four to twenty-four, off the back of a twenty-one point fourth quarter. In what is probably going to be voted the game of the year, it was a really good game. I'll give you that. It was a great game. Uh, it, I mean, it was. It's up there with TCU and Colorado. It was a really good game. Um, it was back and forth the whole way. It was everything that a, a football fan wants. Yes. Uh, it was everything that the networks wanted, honestly, yes. let's be honest here. Um, because that's the only reason this game gets scheduled is you have the crimson, red, and then You the have the orange. two worst sports fans in America, yes. arguably. And then the most well-known sports logos, aside of the Dallas Star for the Cowboys, you know, um, who are absolutely <sighs> dog walking the Giants as we speak right now? Sixteen uh, nothing uh, at the start of the second quarter. That's brutal. Yep. Uh, back to college football. Anyway, yeah. Enough of that pro talk. Uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, as we kind of touched on briefly, twenty four for thirty eight, three hundred and forty nine yards passing and three touchdowns. Easily the MVP of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Milrow, not a slouch, but uh, not great. But Two talk, ugly interceptions. We talked about this uh, last week. Is Alabama is not going to be able to rely on their quarterback to win them games no. like they could with Bryce Young last Milrow year? Milrow is too young for that. Yeah, um, and he's just not Bryce Young. Bryce Young won them this game last year. They, he just didn't this year. Um, also, offensive line could look like it could be a struggle for the mm-hmm. Crimson Tide as well. Though Texas's defense, that defensive line was absolutely killer. They uh, hassled Jaden Milrow basically the entire game. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the Pat McAfee uh, clip, or I say clips, but did you watch the Pat McAfee broadcast when he brought in 
Matthew McConaughey. That was hilarious. Wasn't it hilarious? I've never seen Matthew McConaughey above, like, even all right. kill. All right, all right, all right. All right yeah, no, he's... Ah. Guys, we're recording. <laughs> um, the, rec- the jinx, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyways. Um, no, McConaughey got so hyped the entire so game. fired up. That was awesome. Uh, but for the Crimson Tide, it does look like it's going to be another down year. Do I think Saban is on the downturn? No. Too early to tell. Too early to tell. Um, but if Alabama fans want to get rid of him, we'll gladly take him. <laughs> uh, I'm never going to say that because oh, we already go. had Saban. And Who he won us a national, national championship. Yeah. So we don't need to go down that. Huh? You, he won us a national title. You could say two as well because it was his recruits that You could technically argue and say Saban won LSU two <laughs> national championships. However, the coach's name on the second national championship will forever read less miles, okay? All right. Even I will say that Saban technically won us two. However, Saban was off losing in Miami when LSU was winning another national championship without him. So we didn't need him for the second one. We didn't. We just needed his recruits. recruits. (laughs) Um, Looking at team stats here, Texas had 23 first downs versus Alabama's 18 total yards. Texas dominated 454 yards of total offense versus Alabama's 362. Uh, Majority of that came from yards passing. 349 to Alabama's 255. Texas averaged a little under a first down every single time they threw the ball. That being said, so did Alabama. Both teams were right around the 9-5 range. Um, Rushing, both teams were pretty much identical, 105 to 107. Alabama pulling out the 107. Penalties is where this gets very, very interesting. And we saw this last year with the Alabama Mm -hmm. had the same issue. They had 17 penalties. Yes, 17 penalties. Yeah, 17 penalties for, I think it was like 105 or something something like like that. that. Yeah. Um, Alabama, again, against Texas, 10 penalties for 90 yards versus Texas's four for 40. Texas very clean all day, no turnovers. Alabama had those two interceptions from Jaden Milrow. However, he did throw the two touchdowns to make up for it. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, There's not a whole lot that you can say went good for the Tide in this game. Which is rare to say, too. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but Alabama doesn't have the same air about them as they used to. They used to be world eaters. They used to be... Just teams used to be crushers. scared of playing Terrified Alabama. Of Alabama. Now but they're starting to be. It's, they're starting to look like just another team. Now this could also be though is the fact that Georgia is just rolling right yeah. now. Georgia is the one that is scary. Yeah. Michigan is the one that is scary. Ohio State and Alabama look like normal teams. I mean, Michigan didn't put up like 72 on their opponent this week. But yeah, like, but they didn't also know. play an FCS opponent. Okay, Cole? Damn, damn, I mean, they were close damn, enough. UNLV. Um, no. Uh, Texas played a heck of a game against the Crimson Tide. Honestly... I don't think that Saban lost this game, if that makes sense. I think Sarkeesian won this game. 
which I is so too. which is the difference between now granted this was a poorly disciplined and executed Alabama team versus what we're used to seeing from them but you have to give Sarkeesian his flowers on this one, man. Like, yeah. the play calling was spot on. Quinn Ewers was as calm, cool, and collected as we've ever seen him. Um, definitely locking down the QB1 position for the rest of the year as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I, uh, Sarkeesian also goes down as the second assistant to ever beat Saban. Mm-hmm. And he will go down as the first assistant to ever beat Saban in Brian Denny. Bryant Denny. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> the one thing I do want to touch on um, before we get into our individual team breakdowns, Pac-12. Uh, up until the Cal Auburn game last year or last night, um, Pac-12 was undefeated in Week One and Week Two, and then Auburn. <laughs> and then Auburn. But yeah. it was only a four-point game, though, so it wasn't a bad. Yeah, wasn't a bad game. I mean, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad loss for Cal. The only schools that lost out of the Pac-12, or the Pac-2, but still Pac-12 technically, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, and Stanford, uh, all fun, all falling to one and one. But no, I mean, this if this is the last year... I would even year, say like out of conference, because Stanford and USC was a conference game. Oh, yeah. So only they only lose, what, one out of conference game? Yeah. Uh, um, Texas Tech almost beat Oregon, but they did pull that one out. Yeah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Cal. Those were uh, the only out-of-conference losses for the Pac-12 this week, so yeah. three. Um, no, uh, heck of a week for them. Definitely, uh, if this is going to hold up all season long, it only makes college football better. Yeah, it really does. All right, moving on. Um, let's you talk, first, me first. You first, you first. We started off with LSU last week. Uh, so, or we'll, We started off with LSU on Friday, so we'll start off with LSU again. Oh, okay. So I only have uh, one thing to say oh, about do you, do you the know? LSU Tigers. Um, it, it's pretty familiar to a lot of people, but, um, you know. And we're done. We're done. LSU beat Grambling 72-10 to with Jane Daniels throwing a career-high five touchdowns. Nice. Let's go. Nice. And, and, look at this, Cole. We have a running game. <laughs> he was not your leading rusher. He was not your leading rusher. Uh Le'Veon Diggs, is that Logan. his name? Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs, 15 Logan. carries, 115 yards, one touchdown. Um, transfer out of Notre Dame. Nice. Caleb Jackson, 11 carries, 62 yards, two touchdowns, longtime Tiger. Uh, and then Noah Kane, our notable running back from last year, uh, seven carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Neusmeyer, also trick play. One carry, one yard, one touchdown. Sometimes that's all you need. I will say, though, both for LSU and WVU, uh, got off to a slow start Yeah, there. no, I texted you, uh, I think, midway through the first quarter when this game cut on. I was like, dude, we might lose to Grambling. <laughs> um, I texted you and was a little nervous that we might lose to Duquesne. But, you know. um, LSU started out rocky, uh, put up 14 points in the first quarter. Grambling put up 10, so it was 14-10 there for a bit. However, after the first quarter, LSU pitched a complete game 
shutout. Uh, 28 in the second half, 14 in the third, and then 16 in the fourth to post 72 points on the Grambling Tigers. Not enough to move us up in the AP poll, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just happy we came away with a dominant victory. Why this was scheduled in week two will forever be beyond me. Should have been week one. We should have been playing Florida State this week and gotten the dub there as well. (laughs) This was in a close-to-sold-out Tiger Stadium. 97,735 in attendance versus uh, complete so uh complete sellout at 102321. <sighs> God, it feels good to talk about a tiger victory. It does. It does. Uh LSU posted 622 total yards on the day. Grambling had 322 turnovers and only 16 first downs. Um stepping away from the analytics for a second. I know that I have talked a lot about Jaden Daniels uh, just in general, but he truly is one of the best Tiger quarterbacks to ever play for LSU. Oh, yeah. And that was hard to do considering he had to follow up Joe Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah. So he's filling those shoes nicely. He adds a little bit more, I wouldn't say moxie, but a little bit more mobility than what Joe Burrow did. You know, he's definitely more, much more uh, 60-40 uh, pass to run. Uh, I w- this year, last year, he was 60-40 run, run to pass. Yeah, um, which is okay, which is okay. Yeah. As long as you can throw the ball when you need to, perfectly fine. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, God, I hope Logan Diggs is not just a one-game wonder and we finally have a run game. Yeah. Outside of Jaden Daniels having to tuck it and run it, um, we'll see. Um, you know, our schedule does not get any easier <laughs> than uh, than Grambling. Um, next week we go to Mississippi State. Go to Starkville. Go to Starkville. Uh, that is twelve p.m. Uh, then we host Arkansas. Then we go to Ole Miss. Go to Mizzou, and then. Finally, we host the Auburn War Eagles. Ah, man. Dude, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I know that it was like a this I say LSU by a million for games like these because LSU won by a million points. Yeah. Close to like it, it might as well have been. Yep. Oh, dude, let's go. Let's go. We're back on track. Yep. Now, let's keep it up. Let, let's keep it up. Exactly. Uh, I could say the same thing for West Virginia. West Go Virginia. Ears. Go Ears. Pull out the dub. Also, a very, very shaky start for the Ears. Yeah. Um, at one point, we were losing this game, and it was a little, 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 little touch of go there before the delay. West Virginia also went under. Another, this was another weather-delayed game. Uh, both Duke, Duquesne was matching WVU step for step. Uh in the first quarter, uh, both teams scoring uh, both both teams scoring seven. However, yeah, uh, you remember the question I asked about Garrett Green on our uh, preview episode? Yeah did did you think he do you think he found the end zone through the air? Uh, he found the end zone <laughs> quite a bit through the air. Garrett Green, ten for eighteen, two hundred forty yards, four touchdowns. You love to see it, Cole. He is the first ever quarterback in the Neil Brown era to throw for four touchdowns in a game. 
why was this not two years ago? <laughs> why was this not like does this does this to everyone does this explain the struggles that West Virginia has now had? Does this explain it a little bit? Yeah. Um, Jaheim Wyatt also looked like a stud. Had twelve carries for one hundred and ten yards. Surprise, C.J. Donaldson didn't uh, lead the team. But you know, I think for C.J., I think they wanted to keep him healthy a little bit. I would think they wanted fair. to keep him healthy, keep him from getting banged up. That uh, being said, he still did have thirteen carries for fifty-six yeah. yards. But the story of the day: Hudson Clement, five receptions, one hundred and seventy-seven yards, three touchdowns. Cole, he's a walk-on. He's a walk-on, but not anymore. He's on scholarship after this game. There are three WVU wide receivers who have ever posted those kind of numbers. Stedman Bailey, Mm -hmm. Tavon Austin, Mm -hmm. and now Hudson Clement. Let's see. Stedman Bailey drafted in the second round. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tavon Austin drafted. Top top ten. Yeah, drafted in the top ten. Um yeah, no, that screams amazing things for the future of WU football. Let's see, Hudson Clement is a freshman. He's a red shirt freshman, oh, my guy. And he's a hometown boy too. Oh no, West Virginia. Did you already order the jersey? I have not ordered the jersey yet, but it it, it needs to be on the way. It needs to be on the way. Uh, no, I need to order the the jersey. Uh, slow start. Yeah. Came out flat. Uh, uh, w came out flat uh, in this game. Oh my God! Duquesne has a wide receiver named uh, Teddy Awful. Uh huh. Four receptions, eighty-three yards, one touchdown. Yep. Awful. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I was really nervous again. Uh, Duquesne was really take a step, and then after the delay, West Virginia won. Raw, Ran wild, and I think ran that's wild. We saw that in the Notre Dame game with NC State, and it's not. I'm sure that W would have ran wild either way, mm-hmm. um, but that delay, that weather delay, definitely had an impact. Let Neil Brown kind of um, refigure some things that weren't working, mm-hmm. and uh, really lock down on defense as well. Yeah, um, Chad Scott started calling plays in the second half, and that's when things really opened up for the Mountaineers. Uh, or later on, I, I would say second half, but after the weather delay, I think, is when they said that he really started uh, nice. uh, opening up. So let's hope Chad Scott can maybe call a little bit more plays uh, for Neil Brown because it seemed to work out really well. Instead of, you know, bubble screens every drive. Yep. Um, <laughs> Garrett Green looks great on the deep ball, throws it as be- as good as I've ever, I've ever seen it. Uh, his short to intermediate passes are uh, they're okay. Still need a little bit of work, but that's okay. Uh, the biggest concern I have with this team, Cole, do you realize Duquesne, every pass play was averaging 15 yards. Mm. They were averaging 15 yards. Mm. Our secondary was giving up 15 yards almost every play to Duquesne. That's brutal. Do you realize for a Big 12 team, that means they just need to get to the edge of the red zone in order to score points? Yep. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. I don't know what Jordan Leslie is doing. I don't know what's going on, but something needs to change. He needs to get these guys on the receivers. They don't need to be playing such soft coverage. They were 10 yards off of the Duquesne receivers, okay? Enough with the soft coverage. I I get it. I they, fully they, understand. They played this way against Penn State. You gave up 231 yards passing. Yeah. Okay. But you also only gave up three rushing yards the entire game. And that that is impressive. Our front seven, 
that is impressive. Anywhere you play, Georgia doesn't even get, didn't give you. Uh, Georgia gave up more than three yards when they played UT Martin. Okay, uh, they gave up. Tennessee gave up more than three against Austin P. Exactly. So we gave up again three yards uh, uh, rushing, which is great. That averages less than a yard per run. Okay, um, we had three or four on the ground, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Um, again, uh, we we did. Uh, Beanie Bishop got a got two uh, got to take in two. Uh, Interceptions, which was great after he dropped the two last week against Penn State. Um, so, yeah, overall, offensively, I want Chad Scott Paul, Colin plays again. Let's open this up for Pitt. You know, the crowd's going to be on our side. Let's let's just go for it. If we can play like this, we're going to be a, a good team this year. Okay, 619 total yards offensively. <laughs> 619 total yards and only four penalties too, so not terrible. Yeah, that's uh, a beaut. Fa- fairly, fairly. Um, Six for 13 on third down, three for five on fourth. I mean, that's that's impressive on its own too, as well. Yep. Um, and we covered too. We we, we covered. <laughs> we, yeah, you covered the spread. We covered the spread. The spread was 38 and a half. We got 39. We won by 39. <laughs> Oh Lord! Don't I you wonder if LSU covered. Let's see. Oh, they oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we covered. We for sure I don't covered. even have to pull it up. Cole, I want to ask you this question before we get off of here, though. There are several. There, there are several of our listeners who also who their teams I'm sure played FCS opponents this week, as did ours. What can we learn when our teams play lesser competition FCS opponents? I think the biggest thing that we can learn is to what ex- uh, what to expect, um, you know, against your FBS opponents. Playing an FCS opponent, a lot of people view it as a tune-up game uh, for the players and just, you know, to get the players hyped. It's more than that. It's a tune-up game for the coaches to try and nail down their play calling, what situations they want to run in, uh, you know, because you're still going to go into a two-minute drill against Duquesne, against Grambling, uh, against Austin P, against UT Martin. Um, but you're still going to go into a two-minute drill. You're still going to go into a four-minute offense. You know, it gives you it gives your coaching staff more opportunities to run those kind of looks against a opponent that's not your defensive practice squad or your yeah. defensive ones. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think also you see you see it where players like Garrett Green, players like Jaden Daniels, have these games and they ball out, and then that normally follows in the next week so we'll see we'll definitely see it should be interesting uh how west virginia goes after this game uh same thing with lsu as we touched on earlier um yeah no i i think that this was a tremendous win for the mountaineers and i'm i'm back in the years um i think that they proved that they're the talent is there and that the play calling has stifled them uh, quite a good bit. I appreciate that. You make me feel a little bit better because yeah, I come keep on, thinking dude. to myself, like, try not to get overhyped. Try not to get overhyped. But even then, that's for some of the stats, it is impressive numbers. Only giving up three yards rushing, uh, having 304 yards rushing for mm-hmm. the Mountaineers. Hudson Clemens. I'm just glad up. we had a 100 yard rusher that wasn't named Jaden Daniels. I know. I know. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess some of these stats, even though there was a team, it, it almost looked like we didn't have a team on the field after the weather delay. Or they didn't have a team on the field, and we were just playing practice, you know. So maybe, that you know, that, that helps a little bit, but I'm also trying to – I don't know. I You know what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's FCS, I understand, so you – Trust me, this week I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for that, I think that's going to do it. Quality episode, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, uh, or I say next week, come Wednesday, so your Thursday morning, uh, there will be another episode episode out previewing. Cole, it's Beat Pit week. It's Beat Pit. It's time to Beat Pit. It's time for the Backyard Brawl. I'm going to be looking forward to this so, so much this entire week. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. We do have uh, Mississippi State for the Tigers. Uh, should be a heck of a game there as well. Yep. Uh, but for that, I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.